If Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth, that means he's your savior before he's your creator. He's got your back and has your back and has had your back before your back was made. Don't get too excited, though, because that means that everything that we've been going through, there's been a greater grace made available to our lives. <clears throat> That's exciting. That, that God's not up in heaven saying, oh, my me, because he wouldn't say OMG, because he is God. So he's not up in heaven saying, oh, my me, what am I going to do? They, they did it again. They're in this pit. They did it again. They, they called the drought in their own lives. What, I, no, he, he, is, he is way ahead of the game. He's always a millennial step ahead of us. He's always a step. He always has a, a better answer than any problem that you've ever been in. Father God, help us get that this morning. There's a, a better solution. Say, I am answer-driven and solution-oriented. That's who we are. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, um, I'm going to give you a bit of an update this morning, and then we're going to go into uh, continuing, and I think this is the last message on partnering with God. <clears throat> so I'm excited to be here this morning. This is two Sundays back-to-back that I'm, I'm, I'm in my own house. Amen. Thank you for, thank you. Um, <clears throat> no, stop. Um, and it, it's been a quite a run. Um, I was in, Tammy and I were in Tennessee in September. Then I came home for a couple of days, and then we, I, we were in what, Tennessee for like 12 days, something like that, yeah. 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 And then I came home for a few days, and then we went to Egypt. And I don't think I got much of a chance to tell you about that, but it was powerful, we went with that same mentality that I released to you this morning. We went with that mentality that we were going into darkness. We were going into uh, Aswan, which is in the lower part of Egypt, where all the, the gods of the modern world and the ancient gods, the god Ra, all the, 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 the sun worshipers, that were, where not only Egypt, but, but um, North Korea and, and um, Japan and, and many other countries, uh, that, that god came out of the place uh, in Aswan, in the lower part of Egypt. But we went there knowing that that's the place where the, the, the pharaohs who had called themselves gods, where, where they were made, that we went into the dark places where the Masonic uh, uh, Lodge started and, and uh, all, all kinds of different world religions start out of that place. And we went there knowing that God had a better answer. And we dug it out. And I know we shifted. There was 78, about 78 leaders that came together in Aswan before we went in back up into Cairo where we went out into the desert. And, we, and, and 1,500 people would meet us every day in the desert underneath a tent in 44-degree weather. But when we were in Aswan, we began to cry out to the Lord. Can you say, my victory? Come on, my victory? is in my voice. My deliverance is in my declaration. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing was made except that it was made by the Word. 
John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word. God made this world and holds it together by the power of his Word. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will utterly destroy you. Words have power. Words create. Isaiah 48, 6, 7, and 8 says, you see all this, but you won't speak it. You see and you hear the answer, but you won't declare it. Say, Father, give me the grace to release your word. There's a better word waiting for you to decree and declare it over your circumstance and over your situation. In the beginning, everything is held together by the power of his word. And this world, please never forget this, this world will respond to the very fiber of what it was made up out of. This world responds to the word of God. This world will, the, your circumstance will shift and change. When Jesus would stand up on the boat and say, peace, be still. The wind and the waves, the wind obeyed the waves. His word still stops storms. His word coming out of your mouth stops storms. I don't know the swirl going on in your life, but I can't get away from it. There's a swirl going on in your life, and it's not God. There's a swirl that's happening, and the enemy's trying to get you caught up. Don't get caught up in the negativity. Don't get caught up in the gossip. Don't get caught up in the lie. Don't get caught up in the lust of the flesh. Don't get caught up in the things that the enemy is trying to gain your attention with. Don't get caught up in these things today. You need to know that you have a legacy to create and a foundation to build for this next generation that shall be the most conservative, valued generation in human history. We're about to head into a revival of values, of of the kingdom like we've never seen before because our children are tired of the lascivious lifestyle. They're tired of the insecurity. They're tired of all the things that they've tried. And it's time that we get a grip on our own lives and begin to create the foundation in which they can launch from. Say it's a good day. And we have a good, good father. And we're loved by him. So this world is waiting for a response. The whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. The whole world is waiting for us to get the reality of who we are. The whole world, that world out there is waiting for us. We are in our 23rd year, Pastor. Our 23rd year here. Three years ago, I said, I prophesied over the house. I wrote it out and, and at the anniversary and I began to prophesy about who we are and, and where we're going and about belong and, and, and um, believe and, and become. It was an excellent word. If I could just remember it. Belong, believe, and become. 
And that over the last 20, the 20 years, and, and then, and then the, the Lord told me that there was a, a two-year window of opportunity where we're getting our, our ducks lined up and we're getting things in place and we're, and we're, we're filling in the gaps and, and, and making ready for what God is about to do. And we've been almost a year into the next season. We're in our 23rd year, according to the prophecy, that we're about to be unveiled to the world. There are templates, there, there, are, there are things that you have that we have together collectively in this house that is going to shift the very fabric of our region, our nation, and even the world, says the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Kevin so eloquently presented a, a mission on kingdom builders. We're going to be known, Pastor Kevin, as people that just don't talk a talk, they walk a talk, and they manifest the kingdom wherever they go. Say hope again. Say dream again. Say believe again. This is our finest hour. We haven't seen. Dun, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, you have not seen. Dun, dun, da, da. You, don't get. You haven't seen your, des, your best days. You haven't seen your best moments. You've been under. We are about to be a, an overnight success that only took 24 years. People are going to like, where in the world did desert stream come from like who what where you been preparation foundation readying preparing being honed being sharpened being placed yes we speak in tongues here and we don't relegate holy ghost to the back room and we believe in the word of God. And we stand on the word of God. And we see the manifestation of God in, on, and through our lives on a regular basis. Hallelujah. I have no idea how people make, make it in life outside the kingdom. It's tough enough inside it. Do you know that sheep bite? That there is carnivorous sheep in the kingdom? Hmm. God bless him, Lord. But we are in this moment of time where we are going to be unveiled. There's an unveiling. Say, that's good. That's bad. And I'll just say ugly because it goes with a statement. It's good and bad. We've got to bring up our game. As the unveiling happens, we have to bring up our game. Because we have to be prepared. Because there are certain people that, uh, certain beings, certain entities that certainly don't like you on your worst day, let alone on your best day. But, so we went from Egypt I came home for a couple of days and then I flew out 
to North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Actually, I flew into Saskatoon, and then we had to drive an hour and 15 minutes to North Battleford. North Battleford, uh, over the last 21 to 25 years, has been the crime capital of Canada. It's not even recognized as a city. It's a, still a town. It's so small. But yet, 21 out of the 25 is the worst crime rate in Canada. It was the place where the first residential school was. It was the, a place where the largest mass execution happened in Canada. Where eight natives were hung in front of children and, and, and made the children walk across the bridge to watch the hanging so that they, they would crush the rebellion of the Métis, which is not really even a rebellion. They left them hanging there for two weeks until their necks stretch out to approximately four feet and they lay there rotting Why in this little town, in the backside of nowhere, has all these evil things happening? And, and it was also the place where two-thirds of, of the deeds for Canada were distributed from. Why this little place on the backside of nothing, of nowhere? Why? You show me a person with a lot of problems, and I will show you a person with a lot of potential. You show me a, pe a people with a lot of problems. You show me a community that has been targeted by the enemy. There's a reason why the enemy forced all of his barrage against this little town called North Battle Ford. Trying to set up an impenetrable fortress of despair, disillusion, confusion. The enemy is trying to fortify himself in your life to make it seem impossible to fulfill God's dream and purpose for your life. Say all things are possible because of Jesus Christ. So 70 years ago, there were, there were 19 students that were sick and tired of being sick and tired. They were, they were tired of hearing about the good, the good things that happened in 1904 in Topeka, Kansas, and the, the signs and the wonders and miracles and, and the manifestation of God that happened in 1906 in Azusa Street and then began to spread around the world. They, they were tired of hearing about it, and they, they said, Lord God, if you did it for them, you can do it for us. And I want to tell you this morning, if he did it for Battleford, if he did it for Azusa Street, if he did it for Topeka's camp, he can do it for Desert Stream in Belleville, Ontario. Lyndon, did you not get a word from the Lord saying that you would move to a city 
and that you would be involved in a revival? Just say yes or no. That would sweep around the world. Am I getting that right? Can you just say, just shout it out what it was. The greatest revival the world's ever seen would come out of the community that you moved to 13 years ago. Why not us? Why not now? The greatest revival in human history. Don't be moved by what you see. Don't be, don't be defined by your past. Don't be defined by what you're going through. Don't be defined, be defined by the, the word of God concerning you. So 70 years ago, these 19 students said, we, we, want, we want what God wants. And they began to fast and pray. And they began to fast and pray. And they, they began to call out on the name of Jesus. They began to believe again, hope again, and dream again. They, and all of a sudden, 70 years ago, in 1948, they birthed. Say they birthed. They birthed. Say my deliverance, my deliverance is in my declaration. My, declaration. my, deliverance, my deliverance is in my go. My, my, victory my victory is in my voice. The enemy's trying to keep you silent. The enemy's trying to steal your voice. He's trying to take away your sound. Preacher, he's trying to take away your sound. He's trying to take away your sound. Because he knows if he could take your sound, he can keep you shackled. But if you, if you can't, if he can't steal your sound, he can't keep you shackled. So these 19 college students begin to cry out. Somebody say desperation. If you want answers, supernatural answers that are Im answers to impossibilities, you have to be desperate. You have to be hungry. You have to be thirsty. You know the problem in Canada is we're comfort in, we have comfort and convenience. And we have no need of God. He wants you to be blessed more than you want to be blessed. Don't get me wrong. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. He wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed coming in and going out, lying down and getting up in the city, in the country. He wants you blessed and everything you put your hands on. He wants you to be blessed, blessed, blessed. But how, the key is how do you stay hungry and thirsty in the midst of the comfort and the convenience and the blessings of God? How do you stay hungry? We must stay in his presence. You must hunger and thirst that this is not enough, that you must have a bigger dream, Matt, than you've ever thought possible. You need to keep dreaming, but don't fall into the false reality of a reality that is not of God for you. Say dream. Bigger. In our worst days, When Tammy and I were going through our worst moments financially, I refused to stop buying her lattes. 
Is that TMI? And there's several different reasons why I would not stop. And one of them, she she threw up in her mouth already. It's okay. Pastor our Kleenex is all right. But one of the reasons is I refuse to stop dreaming. Financial planners would be like, you are nuts. Say dream bigger. We don't deal with the reality of the circumstantial evidence in the temporary realm. It will shift and change with a revelation of whose you are and who you are. There is a, there is a million dollar idea, one synapse firing away. Nineteen students went up to the battle line and they said, this far and no farther. It's time for you to draw a line in the sand and say, in my house, in my family, in my business, in my school, in my neighborhood, in my town, in my community, in my province, and in my nation, this far and no farther. Thank you, three people. I was with Chuck Pierce in New Mexico in the summertime, and Victoria is with me. And Chuck Pierce was there. And he stirred the warrior in me. He said, it's time to war again. John Paul Jackson has, did much for the kingdom of God. But there, there's, there was a book that he wrote that says, un, that the title is Unnecessary Casualties of War. And although we need not be driving by a strip club and just, just gallantly and, and just without any kind of thought into it, and, and, and begin to bind the spirit of perversion and, and whatever if, if you're not called to a certain area. But I want to tell you, it also got us to back up. We, we began to get on our heels. We began to say, we, we began to be more afraid of the recompense and the backlash of the enemy than we were about pressing in and receiving the promises of God. Say, Father, forgive us. It's time to war again. Stop believing the lie of fear again. Start believing the promises of God that are yea and amen to them that believe it's time time to get up and shake off and cast off the the, the garments of the passing, cast off the the depression and cast off the lies like blind Bartimaeus. Just cast it off. It's time to arise. It's time to dust ourselves off. It's time, it's time to come out of the graves. It's time to rip the grave clothes off. It's time to stop identifying ourselves with the past problems, the hereditary curse, or the things that you're going through. Those are not who you are. Those are circumstantial evidence that shift and change by a revelation of whose you are and who you are. 
It's time to war again. It's time to war again. It's time to believe again. It's time to dream again. It's time to hope again. What does that look like? What does that look like? What does that, what does that mean to war again? What does it mean to take dominion again? What, what does it mean to, to get, take our, our place? What does it mean? It means to call on the kingdom of God to be manifested. It's daily. Say it's a daily thing. Say it's a daily thing. It's time to call on the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness and peace and joy will be manifested. Righteousness, peace, and joy will be manifested in your life. What does it mean to take dominion again? What does it mean to believe again? What does it mean to war again? It means to release the kingdom of God into your circumstances again. Where faith, hope, and love are permanent fixtures in our lives. Where righteousness, peace, and joy is our potential every day of our lives. It's time to war a good warfare by a declaration of God's goodness in the land of the living again. It's time to open up our mouths and prophesy again. It's time for us to arise and shine and manifest the kingdom of God. And every answer, every solution, and every problem that other people are going through, when you show up, the kingdom of God shows up. When you show up, righteousness, peace, and joy show up. It's time to show up. It's time to show up. It's time to show up and show off. It's time to show up and release the kingdom of God. Rise, shine, for your light has come. Though there be darkness on the earth and deep darkness on the people, my glory will rise upon you and be seen on you. And the Gentiles shall come to that rising and according to the depth of the brightness and let you, in which you allow God to rise up in the midst of you and mantle you. So were the presidents, the prime ministers, the kings, the CEOs, the managers. The people of influence and affluence will come to you. It's time to show up. It's time to show him off. We can only do it by partnering with his spirit. And in just a minute, I'm going to show a video of um, a good friend of mine. She wrote a song for North Battleford. But I just want to read a few scriptures to you. Say unction to function for partnership. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Then you know what happens. He goes through his temptation. He goes through his trials. He uses the word. When the enemy comes at you and he's screaming at you and coming in like roaring like a lion, coming in like a flood, 
when he's using the word and words and, and noise against you, you must do what Jesus did. Give him a better word. Bible says that Jesus went, when he, when he was baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist, that he was filled with the Spirit. He went into, and you, you, how you go into your circumstance will determine the power that you come out of your circumstance with. Because it says that in, in Luke chapter 4, 14, it says that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. When Jesus went into the situation, you are filled, you are filled right now with the Spirit of God, even though you don't feel like it. Say, I am filled with the Spirit of the living God. Well, I, there's a difference between being filled and overflowing, though. Can you hear me this morning? It's, only, it's not even 22 yet. I'm doing surprisingly well, even though I never got to my message yet. Jesus was spirit-filled. He went into his trials, and there's a demand that the trials and temptations make upon your life that caused a manifestation of the power of God to more than compensate and meet with force against your situation if you allow him to come out. So when you go in, every time you need to know, when you, when you are going through your circumstances, when you're going through your situations and your problem, you need to know that that problem is producing power. You need to know that you are, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you have become one with the spirit of the living God. Say, I am one with God. I don't feel it. Don't be moved by what you feel. Understand that it's the truth. The Spirit of God has come into you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now you need to allow the power of God to come upon you. This is how God, Jesus, 100% man, 100% God, became partners with God the Father in heaven while he was on earth. Creating the accessibility. Say, lift up your head, O ye gates. Be lifted up. You everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. Well, I thought of the, the Lord, in, in Psalms chapter 24, verse 1, it says that the, 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 the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah, but Psalms 115, I believe it is. Several, several, actually, one, Psalms 138. Several, 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 several times and Psalms later. He says the earth is the, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. Say, I am the gate. I am the doorway. I have been given all authority here in my sphere of influence. Amen. Do you know why? Evil prevails 
You know why evil prevails? When gatekeepers sit down. When we don't decree and declare. When we don't open up our mouths. You, have, you partner with God by knowing whose you are. You partner with God by knowing who you have become. Who is man that you are mindful of him and that you have made him just below Elohim? He's speaking of himself in the first person, speaking of the Trinity. Elohim is the pluralization of God, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You made him just below you, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. Who is man that you are mindful of him and made him the second most powerful person in the universe? Say, that's the Old Testament. Say, the upgrade is me. In the Old Testament, you are the pinnacle and the crowning glory of all of his creation, vice regent of everything. But in the New Testament, the new covenant, you have become one with the spirit of the living God and a co-heir with Christ Jesus. You have become one with God. Somebody do this with me. This, like a good Italiano. Come on. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. I know you can. I know, I know you can do this. Put up your head. A kaboom. That's mind blowing. That you are upgraded from the pinnacle of all of his creation. You're upgraded from the crown and, gro- crown and glory of all of his creation. You're upgraded from, from being the second vice region, most powerful person in the multiverse. You, you've been upgraded from that. And you have become a co-heir with Christ Jesus, a partner in everything. I know it's hard to believe. I know. But we must believe. We must get this revelation. Because we must do what this song is about to prophesy to you. We must come up to the battle line. Knowing our partnership with him, knowing that we're invincible, indestructible, non-combustible, 10 foot tall and bulletproof in the sphere and obedience of what he has called us to do and be. Amen. So, Pastor Kevin, if you wouldn't mind, could you begin to play that? Time to stand on the, on the battle gr- ground again. It's time to us to come up to the battle line again. It's time for us to arise and shine. It's time to take our place in Canada. I'm just, I'm going to read the uh, national anthem as we, as we depart this morning. You're all familiar with most of it, obviously. You've sung it all your lives, but I don't know if you know the other stanza. It says, uh, ends with our own beloved native land, our true north, our true north strong and free. And then it says, ruler supreme, who hearest humble prayer, hold our dominion in thy loving care. Help us to find, O God, in thee a lasting rich reward as waiting for the better day we stand 
on guard for thee. Waiting for that better day. You know how you wait for that better day? Is you stand up and decree and declare God's goodness in the land of the living. Amen. So, Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you. Thank you for the great grace that we have to partner with you. That we have become one with the spirit of the living God. That we need you, Lord God. There's impossibilities that we're facing, Lord God. And, but we know that the impossibles can be possible with you. So we welcome you into Desert Stream. We welcome you into our lives today, Father God. We're asking for aha moments to happen in our lives this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Can somebody give me an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. You are set free to go. Uh, you were set free the whole time, but I mean, it's a modified free enterprise system. But anyway, I just want to, as, as you're going, just um, let me just ask this question. What is your takeaway this morning? If you can stick around, that's okay. If not, you're welcome. You're not going to disturb me. What's your takeaway over here? What'd you get out of this morning? Okay, I'll move back. What'd you get? Shout something out what you got this morning. Press forward. Empowerment. Say it again. Co-heir with Christ. Come on. One, you become one with the spirit of the living God. We need to receive it. What was that, Tom? Authority. Anybody else? Time to war again. Use your voice. You show me a person with a lot of problems, and I'll show you a person with a lot of strength. Strength, potential. Power. Come on. Answer focused. Dream bigger. Come on. Anybody else? God's greater than your circumstance. Yes. Press through. Amen. Three more. Say again. Renewed hope for this country. Amen. Don't get caught up in the swirl. Revival is coming. Can I say revival's here? Amen. Well, give God one more hand, clap of praise, and bless you guys. Have a great day. Hallelujah.